Baby. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Time, the only time zone that still thinks J.J. McCarthy is a first-round pick in 2024. This is the Premier Debbie Show brought to you by Campus to Ken. I'm Corey Pereira at FF underscore guitarist on Twitter, and if you haven't already noticed, I'm playing solo today while Mike is off enjoying his anniversary or uh, something like that. I'm not too sure, but I hope you're having fun, buddy. Um, but I still wanted to hop on. Uh, give you guys a little something to listen to for the week, talk about some of my thoughts. Um, I did have a guest lined up. Unfortunately, due to some scheduling difficulties, uh, just made it impossible to happen. So um, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to make that happen in the future. And um, speaking about the future as well, I also did just want to let everybody know at the top of the show um, that Back to Devi might be having a little bit of a scheduling change. Um, the Fridays were getting a little bit tough for, for me and Mike to figure out. So we might be moving the show to Wednesday. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can be expecting to hear your favorite Devi show to hit your podcast feed every Wednesday morning instead of every Friday morning. So this episode uh, might end up a little bit of a shorter one, um, you know, due to the scheduling issues I, I alluded to a little bit before. Um, I did just want to make sure I got back on here and and, and got you guys something to listen to anyway. So um, without further ado, let's just get let's just get right into it anyways. Um, I just want to touch on some news real quick that that, that is hitting the timeline midweek here. Um, at LSU, uh, wide receiver Keishon Booty is going to be out for personal reasons this week. Uh, nothing to overreact to. This isn't him disgruntled or, or looking for a way to opt out or anything like that. His girlfriend actually seems to be giving birth, and uh, Brian Kelly says that he's going to be excused to be with his girlfriend. So uh, congratulations to him. Um, but uh, if you were going to be relying on Booty in your C2C lineups this weekend, uh, you can expect him to be out. It also sounds like we're going to get uh, North Carolina wide receiver Josh Downs back in the fold. Um, he made a post on Twitter with with a gift that said, I'm, I'm back. So I'm guessing that means he's, ex- he's expecting to play this weekend. And, you know, with some of the underwhelming performances that are coming from this 2023 wide receiver class right now, there's a good chance he's going to end up top four, a top four wide receiver in this class if he picks up right where he left off. Um Heading over to Texas now, uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian um, just recently said that Quinn Ewers will make the trip to the Texas Tech game. Um, he's going to be dressed for the game as well. So I'm not sure if that means, you know, he's going to be inserted right back into the lineup or if he's available just in case, um, you know, but but it sounds like we're getting pretty close to getting Quinn back on the field. Um, one of the few G5 running backs that we're kind of interested in is Rashawn Ali at uh, at Marshall. Um, I know a lot of guys are excited to get him back in their C2C lineups, and it sounds like he's been on the practice field. Still no clarification if he will be returning to the field anytime soon. Um, Kalen LeBorn has been playing really well without him, and, and so there's probably no reason to rush him back right now, but it's good to see he's back out there and um, approaching his return to the field. Um, also, Stanford running back EJ Smith also confirmed out this week. Um, kind of a blow to a guy who's having a, a really strong start to the season and could possibly push himself into day two consideration with with a, with a strong season. But hopefully this is just a short-term thing and, and we'll see him return to the field soon here. Um, but all right, l- let's just get right into it. I, I want to talk some reactions. Week three is gone. Week four is upon us. Uh, we're about quarter way through the season now, and uh, for me, for me, really, that's a good point to really start moving some things around in the rankings. You know, we've got a four-game sample size of some of these teams now. How things are going, and while it's it still borders on on overreaction, I think we can definitely start to notice some trends, uh, possibly act on them, and then we're going to get into some stock down and stock up in a little bit here. But I wanted to get into some reactions, maybe some takes from from week three here um and you know while browsing the box scores this weekend and watching the games you know I couldn't help but think to myself um is Washington wide receiver Jalen McMillan having the season we all hoped 
Alabama wide receiver Jermaine Burton would have. Um, both of these guys were fantastic prospects. Both of these guys were kind of held down in low-volume offenses, uh, struggling passing games. Um, and both these guys were kind of looking at a major shift going into this year with Jermaine Burton going from Georgia to Bama. Um, they have a superb resume of, of uh, historical success at wide receiver, especially in the NFL draft in recent years. And, uh, and Jalen McMillan now with Kalen DeBoer coming into town at Washington and bringing his pass to happy offensive system that we could have seen a boom from him there. Um, and now at the start of the year, you probably could find Burton in the a, in a top five of every 2023 uh, NFL draft wide receiver rankings. And you were probably lucky to find Jalen McMillan listed, you know, within like the top 15. I even remember arguing with Mike uh, because I had him at like 15 or 14 entering the season, still, you know, holding on to a little bit of hope for this guy. And quite honestly, if your name isn't Colin Decker, that's probably the range we're finding him in for, for most analysts out there. And, you know, things can really change, you know, only going four games into the season here. You know, if we're looking at Jermaine Burton, he's only accounted for eight catches for 62 yards and two touchdowns through three games. While Jalen McMillan on the other side is blowing up in his new offensive system, already has 16 catches, 308 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, just a reminder that this guy is like a borderline five-star prospect, very high-ranking four-star guy, um, verified 4 or 540 time as a recruit as well, good size at 6'1", 180 pounds, had offers from just about every major program in the country, and honestly, I think I'm just about ready to say that this guy probably deserves to be over Burton right now, you know, unless Burton can really show us a little bit of something, that's always kind of been Burton's struggles, right? A lot of people have attributed it to, 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 to the health and injuries, but it's also just been, you know, inconsistency. And, you know, unless we don't see it for, for this season and he's not shining through, you know, maybe it's more of a problem for him than, than the injuries. So um, I have no problem now maybe considering moving McMillan over Burton right now. He's probably verging on, you know, a top eight, top 10 wide receiver in this class. I'm not exactly sure just yet. I haven't sat down and really figured things out, but I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if he didn't end up in like my top eight wide receivers for this draft by the time things are said and done. Moving on to Minnesota here. And I think this is a question a lot of us ask ourselves. And it's probably something that a lot of us felt was written off to start this year with what happened uh, with the Achilles tear of Minnesota running back Muhammad Ibrahim, but he honestly looks like his old self, and I think the question a lot of people are asking ourselves now is, is he really a Devi asset, somebody that we should be, you know, taking seriously? Um, now, I know a lot of people are pretty low on him already, but I know there are a lot of people that are pretty high on him as well, and, you know, I think I can see it sometimes. You know, he's a very instinctual runner. Um, great vision, great at the finer points of being a running back, you know, and I think that probably helps hide the fact that he might not be the most athletic for his position. And I think the biggest worry we had with somebody that already had athletic concerns was was tearing his Achilles and losing even more of that athleticism, right? So, but he already looks like the same old Ibrahim. I mean, if you look at the NFL now and with a guy like James Robinson, who also is coming off a similar thing, and also somebody I see in a similar light to Mo, to Mo Ibrahim, um, they're both kind of very similar, both maybe not the most athletic for their position, both excel at the finer points of being a running back. Now, I still think it's going to take special circumstances for a guy like that to find his way in the NFL. I mean, even if we look at James Robinson, who was an undrafted free agent in an ambiguous backfield and just happened to make enough noise on a bad team that didn't mind throwing some youth in there and just seeing what they could get. Um, and, you know, another guy I think falls into this spectrum as well is like Zach Moss. Uh, formerly of Utah, now with the Buffalo Bills. Um, his story hasn't 
really been written yet. Hasn't really been good to this point, but he got some better draft capital. Hasn't really been able to make some noise in the NFL yet, but I think you see maybe some of his lack of athleticism playing a part in that as well. You know, maybe a guy like Snoop Connor also falls into this bucket now with the Jaguars as well. Um, But all these guys aren't like huge contributors in the passing game as well. So it's hard to see them getting on the field because of that either. So with Ibrahim, I don't think I'm being aggressive about it. I think he's a fine player. I don't think it's somebody that I'm, I'm targeting overly. Uh, I have no share across any of my Debbie leagues. Um, I'd love to have him in C2C for all his production he's putting up. He was a great value, actually, because everybody was scared of the Achilles. But, you know, I've probably got about 15 or 20, 20 leagues at this point, C2C and Debbie, and I don't think uh, I have him in any of them. And I think things are going to have to break right for him to really have a place uh, in the NFL. Now, if anyone watched the Iowa State game from last week, you were probably up until about 3 a.m. with all of their delays, um, but it also let a bit of a freshman breakout fly under the radar. Um, three-star running back Caleb Johnson, you know, he went off for seven attempts, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, and this was a guy that a lot of us kind of had our eyes on in the offseason. Um, has that great size, 6'1", 215 pounds, uh, was a relatively high-ranked three-star, had offers from teams like Iowa State, Michigan State, West Virginia, Wisconsin. So he was a, he was a pretty sought-after recruit. Um, he's recorded above 20 miles per hour from multiple sources as well. So he's kind of got that size-speed ratio we like to see. Um, now, I thought when you were going to be buying into this guy that you were probably going to be looking at maybe a year plus until you could possibly see him you know, push his way onto the field, um, you know, but the other backs on Iowa have been a little bit underwhelming. And, you know, and I'm talking about a guy a lot of people were excited for, um, and myself included, in Gavin Williams and, and another running back there in LaShawn Williams. Um, now, I know Gavin's been a little bit banged up as well, but he seems to be healthier now. He has 18 carries on the season. LaShawn has 38 on the season. But together, these guys are only averaging 3.25 yards per carry. And as a group, together, they're averaging less than 60 yards a game. So, I mean, these guys are just not getting it done. I mean... After last week, Caleb Johnson actually leads the team in rushing with 116 yards. He's averaging 8.3 yards per carry. So, I mean, looking at looking at the big picture here, it, it, if you were somebody that bought into Caleb Johnson in the offseason, there's probably a good chance you're going to be reaping the benefits a lot earlier than you expected. And this is an Iowa team that is struggling on offense and looking for anybody to create a big play, and Caleb Johnson might just be that guy. Now, moving on to a little bit of a stock up, stock down, some stock watch here, talking about some Debbie prospects. Um, if you have him into the website lately, uh, campuscanton.com, make sure you guys are over there checking it out. Everything that's over there, you guys are going to want a piece of going through the season. Content is absolutely fantastic. CFF weekly rankings, CFF-related shows, C2C-related shows, NFL draft stocks, everything that you could possibly want. So make sure you guys are getting over there to check it out. Um but we recently added a new member to our Devi team, um, a fantastic writer by the name of Mark Paust, and he's going to be handling our stock up and stock down series throughout the year. Uh, we'll probably be releasing these things about you know every three to four weeks, just to make sure that we have enough of a sample size, uh, enough of a trend to really react to, make sure we're not overreacting a little bit too much, which I know we tend to do anyways. But um, he did his first installment this past week, um, and I just wanted to highlight some of the guys he was talking about. Um, he did a fantastic job, and if any of you haven't seen, had the chance to, to see it, I highly recommend going over there to read it. It's a, it's a free piece right now, even if you aren't a member, so um, do yourself a favor and get over there and read it. Anything Mark is doing is gold, honestly. Um, 
But uh, let's start with his stock ups over here. You know, he's got guys like North Carolina quarterback Drake May, who is obviously a huge stock up for for obvious reasons. He's been lighting it up ever since he took over for Sam Howell, um, even without Josh Downs around. So, I mean, he's getting it done. He's climbing up the ranks there in that 24 class. Um, He's got J.J. McCarthy in here as well, who obviously anybody who's followed me knows I'm a big fan of J.J. McCarthy. So he's got a winner there. Um, At running back, he's got Arkansas athlete extraordinaire Raheem Rocket Sanders, who's obviously another guy that I've been super high on coming out of high school. Um, He sits as my RB3 currently in the 2024 class and could honestly push himself even higher if he continues to show up like he is and Braylon kind of continues to have a a little bit of a middling season. But uh, I guess we'll see how that continues here. Um, But the one running back that he does have listed here that I kind of wanted to get into a little bit. Um, was a little bit of a hot topic on Twitter this week. Debbie Debate got into him a little bit, and and that's Northwestern running back Evan Hall. Now, this was a guy who was pretty productive last year once Cam Porter went down. Um, I think he had over a 1,000 scrimmage yard. Nothing too crazy to, you know, throw him on the Debbie map, but he's just been on fire to start the season. You know, he's gone over 120 yards rushing in two of three games and scored a rushing touchdown in all three games to start the season. But honestly, his biggest impact is in the receiving game right now, where he actually leads Northwestern uh, in receiving and receiving yards. And as a matter of fact, he's, he's currently leading Northwestern in rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receptions, and receiving yards. And it honestly shows no signs of slowing down. Um, now, after not taking him seriously last season as a Debbie asset, that should possibly change this year now with what we're seeing. And, you know, I made a, a post on Twitter recently because I see a lot of parallels in this situation. And, and that post read, is Evan Hall the 2023 version of Rashad White? Now, I know they're not exactly the same type of players, but I see, I see, I see some similarities in their profiles, right? Even looking at size, Rashad White was six foot, 210 pounds. Evan is 5'11", 210 pounds, pretty close there. Um, both players were huge weapons for their teams, struggling teams as well, and especially in the receiving games. Um, both these guys both had relatively late career breakouts, and both are starting to receive the hype necessary heading into their draft eligible year. Um, now, when I watch... Hall personally I don't necessarily think he's on the same athletic level as Rashad White was um I almost see a little bit of former Oregon I almost see a little bit of former Oregon uh now USC running back Travis Dye in him you know very good in most facets of the game can do a little bit of everything for you kind of a do-it-all guy I just truly wonder if he brings anything elite to the table maybe besides his receiving prowess you know, either way, it doesn't look like Northwestern is going to be moving away from Evan Hall anytime soon. Uh, Cam Pat Porter has returned to health, uh, and he's getting a decent workload of, of carries himself. But, but but this team goes as Evan Hall goes right now. And, you know, I, I have a feeling we're going to continue to see a lot more of him and hear a lot more of this guy heading into the 2023 NFL draft. So I definitely like that stock up there. Um, another uh, very trendy name in the community right now, a guy that I was talking about a little bit earlier, uh, Washington wide receiver Jalen McMillan. He's also got us a stock up here. Um, Xavier Restrepo, wide receiver at Miami, uh, having a nice season with Tyler Van Dyke right now. He's got him as a stock up. I think he's a little bit injured right now, but he seems to be emerging as the main weapon there. Very fast guy, a guy that's gotten even some Tyreek comparisons. So uh, we'll see how that kind of builds there. Um, he's also got a little bit of a bold call right here with uh, James Madison wide receiver Chris Thornton, uh, calling him a Devi stock up right now. And uh, this was a team that just jumped up from the FCS level to the Sun Belt. And uh, they've been absolutely dominating all their competition. But, I mean, a lot of these guys are fifth year. Some of them are six years. Um, he's also a little bit small. I believe he's 5'8", 
170 pounds, somewhere around there. So I'm really hoping that, you know, this isn't more of a uh, Jareth Stearns, uh, Devin Tompkins type thing, where this is someone who was very productive at the at the college side, but just might not translate fully to the NFL side. But either way, with the domination they're doing, uh, with the jump up in, in competition not really having an effect, it's a worth keep. It's a worth while situation to keep an eye on so um his final stock up is is a tight end that i actually like quite a bit as well uh, and that's utah tight end dalton kincaid um i know a lot of people have talked about brant keith there uh, he's been the more well-known guy there but i also think he's a little bit small i think he's only 6 230 pounds or something like that great weapon for them obviously but kincaid is 6'4, 240 pounds um led this team in receiving touchdowns last year as well very tight hand heavy offense you know i think both these guys actually led the team in receiving last week so um the way they use it utah the way he's going to be in the spotlight i honestly think he could be the better option heading into the nfl next year now heading over to the stock down over here um he starts it off with a unfortunately obvious selection in uh tyler buckner quarterback for Notre dame this guy was pretty high in my rankings. Um, there's a, he's a guy who was high in a lot of rankings, actually, and he was a little bit of a project, more of an athlete at quarterback position, uh, very mobile quarterback. Always needed a little bit of development as a passer. Unfortunately, we really didn't get to see that through his first couple starts, and then uh, he went and got injured. Left a pretty sour taste in the community right now. So um, Mark also does point out that they bring in a very highly touted uh, recruit in Dante Moore next year at quarterback as well. So this was really Buckner's shot to kind of prove that uh, he deserves to be the guy going into next year. And now this kind of just looks like it's going to be an open competition. And we'll see if Buckner can even uh, take hold of his job again. So um, he rounds out his quarterback stock downs with Sam Heward at, at Washington right now. This guy's like third on the depth chart right now. Just... Hasn't been able to become the guy that we all hoped as that five-star kid. Um, and then he's also got Clemson quarterback DJU, who who actually has not been that bad over the past two weeks. He's still not doing much down the field, still not taking very many risks, uh, playing kind of the safe game right now, and not making a lot of mistakes. But he's he's holding off Klubnik for now. Um, there's not going to be any kind of reason to move away from him right now. So, um so, I mean, considering where he was this offseason, he might actually be a little bit of a stock up considering he's actually kind of playing okay, I guess. So, if you're still a believer, um, maybe you see some glimpses there, but uh, he's going to have to do a lot more to get back into the good graces of Debbie owners right now. Uh, at running back, uh, he starts his first stock down with Texas A&M running back L.J. Johnson Jr., uh, a guy who was pretty pretty highly sought after recruit, uh, potentially thought to be the guy who could take over for Isaiah Spiller and maybe with a, a chain staying in his more complimentary role, but uh, that really didn't end up coming to fruition. And honestly, the lack of buzz with L.J. Johnson has probably been the most noteworthy part of this thing. Um, hasn't made any waves at Texas A&M. Uh, now, actually, if you were to actually watch the game last week, um, he actually got his first career touchdown, um, and it wasn't anything crazy. You know, I think it was more of a, a short yardage thing. I think he finished the game with like three carries for four yards, so nothing notable, but at least we got to see him get on the field there. Um, his other stock down at running back is Louisville running back Travion Cooley, obviously a guy who was a little bit of a sleeper in the Devi community, uh, had the size, had the versatility, had some good buzz this offseason too as a guy who I think think was labeled as the most improved this offseason by the coaching staff I'm pretty sure that happened um, and now it seems like he can barely get on the field um, Tyrion Evans running back transfer from from Tennessee seems to be the guy taking over that job right now 
Uh, Jalen Mitchell, the starter from last year, he's still hanging around and playing a lot. And honestly, I think the most telling part of this was last week when both Mitchell and Evans were out and Louisville opted to use a guy by the name of Jawar Jordan as the main running back over Cooley. And, you know, although Cooley still had a pretty nice game for himself and showed up with, with some of the things that we kind of like about him, but... You know, either way, this is just becoming more of a dart throw sleeper call at this point, and, and we'll just have to see if he can kind of climb out what seems to be like some kind of coaching doghouse for Travion Cooley. Now, at stock down for wide receiver, he's got uh, Alabama wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks, who's really failed to make an impact in a thin wide receiver room at Alabama. Um, he's also got USC wide receiver Gary, Gary Bright Jr., who was pretty much non-existent part of the new game plan at USC. Um, and has actually decided to, to redshirt and transfer next season, I believe, is what has what's been reported recently. Um, and then he's got Penn State wide receiver Parker Washington, who's who's just been overshadowed by Western Kentucky transfer uh, Mitchell Tinsley on the outside. And, and this was kind of the worry coming into this year because Penn State's passing offense was primarily concentrated to the outside options. And with Parker being in the slot most of the time, there was a little bit of uh, cause of concern for this. Um, he did alleviate some of that concerns with the bowl game last year when he kind of became the dude when Jahan Dotson opted out. But, you know, coming into this year now, it seems like our fears might have been real through three weeks of the college season now. Um, Hasn't topped four catches or 60 yards in any games this season and just isn't going to get it done for a guy we had hopes could be a top eight or a top 10 wide receiver in this upcoming class. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the first installment of the Debbie Stock Watch. Um, always important to keep tabs on the ever fluctuating market, um, and you can definitely expect to see some more of those from Mark Pouse as the season goes on. Like I said, we're gonna be dropping them every every three to maybe four weeks. Make sure that we're giving enough time for things to play out before we're not overreacting to anything. And uh, yeah, make sure you go check out everything Mark is doing over there at Campus of Canton. Um, he, he's become uh, the driving train on the writing side of Debbie things right now. So uh, so hopefully we can get mark on and and really introduce him to you guys on on the podcast here so um but i think that's that's gonna do it for us today guys as always guys make sure you guys are keeping it locked to the campus to canton podcast and youtube feeds uh remember every monday you've got chasing the natty on tuesdays you've got campus life wednesdays you've got an all-new betting show called bet on c2c thursday you've got the Devi debate and canton bound um, and Friday, you've got Back to Devi, which may be changing to Wednesday, so we'll see what happens there. And remember, every Saturday morning from 8 to 10, we'll be on the Better Sports app, uh, leading you up to the tailgate starting at 10.30, uh, making sure you guys are up to date on every all the news, um, all the injury-related things you guys need to do for your lineups. And then we're going to wrap it up... T- Right at the end of the night, after uh, the final game is done of the night with College Fantasy Tonight, kind of a sports center theme show where we'll run through every game and make sure you guys know everything that happened um, throughout the day. So, uh, yeah, make sure you guys are keeping it locked on the podcast uh, channel. Make sure you guys are keeping it locked on the YouTube channel. Um, that's going to be it for us tonight. My name is Corey Pereira. You can find me at FF underscore guitarist on Twitter. And good night and good luck. <laughs>